Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we talk about the business of real life. If you're a working mom or a mompreneur, this is where you want to be. This is where we share tips right off Elaine's Kitchen Table about business and parenting. Being a mom of three and wearing multiple hats, from CEO of the award-winning company Easy Daisies Limited to speaker and educator, Elaine knows how valuable your time is, so this podcast is going to be short and sweet. Whether you're tuning in while driving to a meeting, washing dishes, or sitting in the school parking lot waiting to pick up the kids, you're going to learn the tips and secrets of successful and incredible people. Elaine wants you to be inspired, challenged, and motivated to be that successful person you're capable of being and that person you want your kids to grow up to be. This is Real Talk for Real Life. Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. I'm so excited to have you here with us today where we talk about the business of real life and we talk about everything from parenting to marketing to how to just get your business out there and be successful. Most importantly, the purpose of this podcast is to let you know that you're not alone, that all of us who are balancing, and I, I use that word loosely, balancing, what is that? But juggling. Juggling is a better word. Parenting, working, shipping, franchising, all these things that are up in the air and how do we do it? And that is the purpose of this show is to let you know that, you know what, someone else has, is doing it and going through it so you are not by yourself. And today I am so excited about my guest. She is actually one of my heroes and, and I love her. <laughs> and she's actually on the other side of the country right now. Uh, waiting to say hello to you. So my guest today, she started her business empire from her belief that most busy parents do not enjoy packing school lunches. Can we raise our hands? Like if, if that's you, yes. And if you're in the car, safely raise your hand. Okay. So when when she thought about this and thought, okay, well, parents, they're they're really busy. They really don't like making these school lunches. So she started her business called The Lunch Lady back in 1993 and you know what she was right she is my hero she is my lunch hero every monday <laughs> and she makes well her company makes two out of my three children's lunches once a week and i am so grateful to her and her her franchise now today the lunch lady delivers thousands of meals to kids in hundreds of schools in four different provinces throughout canada through a network of dedicated franchise partners who have supported healthier school food environments in their own communities, which is just incredible. And you can learn more about The Lunch Lady at thelunchlady.ca. So I'm very honored to welcome Ruthie Bird here today. So hello, Ruthie. Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. Well, I'm so glad to be sitting at the table with you. You know, you're one of my favorite people too. So let the party start. <laughs> well, I'm absolutely honored. Now, Ruthie, I'd love for you to fill in the blanks. I, I, I'm sure I did no justice to introducing you. You just recently won an award. Can you tell us what that award was? Oh, my goodness. I, um, I was quite uh, surprised and honored to win an award from the Bank of Montreal. And uh, it was, uh, gosh, uh, it's the, they have a a series about uh, women in business and uh, I got an award for business development and supporting business careers for others basically and indirectly through franchising. 
So yeah, it was quite an award and I've already forgotten, isn't that funny, I've forgotten what the heck it was, but I got this big giant vase, like it's really gigantic and it's quite beautiful. So it was a very proud moment, lovely. Well deserved, you're, you're, I, I love what you do because you, you're not only feeding children and relieving stress from parents, you are helping other women start their own business and mm -hmm. being fulfilled by just providing a need for, for other families. So thank you for doing that. So that award is well-deserved. So congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And so we, you have to fill in more blanks. You are not only a franchise uh, empire starter, but you are <laughs> a family person. You are a mom. So please tell us more about that. Okay, well, I'm the mom of three boys. Uh, my eldest son, Chris, is 40. And my middle son, uh, Brendan, is 26. And uh, the baby of the family, Dill, is 24. Our son, Brendan, the boy in the middle, is autistic. And so actually, the lunch lady started when he was three. Uh, so apart from the fact that I could see that nobody really liked making school lunches, I had to find a career in a hurry that would allow me to take Brendan to speech therapy and many other therapies that always seem to happen in the afternoon. Uh, so what could I possibly do in the morning that would help cover the cost of some of these therapies? And, you know, making lunch or something around lunch was the only thing really that fit. And, and I actually really wasn't much of a cook at the time. In fact, I would say I was not, you know, I didn't have any skills in the kitchen, be fair to say. But um, it was an idea, and it was an idea that worked for my family. And sometimes, you know what, when you have a need and you have to fill it, you don't give a whole lot of thought. Uh, you don't have the luxury of a whole lot of thought of making a, a, a decision about why you shouldn't do something. You're searching for something that will fit uh, a certain challenge or need. And when you find something and all the pieces kind of more or less fall into place, you go for it. Mm -hmm. You just, because you really don't have a, have a choice. And I, I think some of us go for it because we get really excited about an idea. It's true. Some of us, because we really need to have a solution, but the end result, I mean, we all have to start somewhere. All the pain and everything else we go through after that um, is a different matter, but we all usually have a reason for starting. Either we hate what we're doing, we hate our job or we've made a change in our marital status and we want to step out and become a whole new person. We all have that motivation. For me, I was very fortunate to be in a good family situation, I have a great husband. I still, still have him 28 years later, this one. Thank you. The prince, I call him the prince, right? Um, I still have that, but we did have this, this child who was different and, and it was going to make our, our life different. And so I just took action, basically. It could have been anything. I could have been the dried flower lady, really, honestly. Yes. Graphical yeah. lady, other things. Thank no, thank you for giving us that background on how you actually started the lunch lady. I, I want to know that, you know, people think, okay, well, you, they look at you, Ruthie, and they think, oh, this incredible, successful woman who life is probably a smooth road and you've never had a hurdle. Because that's what people think when they, they look at someone who has their own business and, mm -hmm. and um, 
I would love for you to share the reality that of an example, perhaps of one low point in your entrepreneurial journey that you thought, okay, this is just awful. This is uh, probably one of the biggest problems I've ever had. I'd love for you to share with us sure. what it was and, and what you learned from it and, and how you just kept going from there. Okay. Well, first, I think that we all make assumptions about each other that um, at least maybe we hope that somebody else is having an easier time of it than we are. Uh, we all hear stories of people who seem to be having a worse time than what we are, but we hope really, honestly, somebody's having an easier time. And, and at the time you're living it, there's no worst experience. You don't judge your experience, best, worst, whatever. It's just there. It's in front of you. And you're either going to either deal with it or run away. You either have fight or flight. Mm -hmm. Those are your choices. I don't think you, you give a lot of rational thought to it. I can remember crying a lot. I remember a lot of crying. But I don't remember why particularly I was crying. If I if I look back, I can remember. I remember the generator in the kitchen started on fire one morning. There there, there was a gas leak at some time, and I remember a day when I had thirteen deliveries before I was even allowed into my first school. So these were business people, and I was late for eleven of them. There was a a, a lot of crying around that. I think. <laughs> that one I do kind of remember, because but I remember it because my children were in the back seat, and I I wanted to sob really loudly, but you know I thought that if I might set off our son Brendan, who went through a phase where he started um, making these noises like a dolphin that were really high pitched and very difficult, and I was worried if I sobbed really loudly, he would see that as a a, a go ahead for the dolphin noises, right? <laughs> I'm just like sort of like snuffling like into my hand while I was driving because I didn't want my kids to hear me sobbing my eyes out. There, I had a, a business relationship early on that went really south really quickly. I'm, I, I don't remember crying about that. I just remember kind of <laughs> dealing with it. And uh, so many times, cried lots, mostly don't remember why remember some things that happened, don't remember crying about them, I have no idea. I, you know, when the, when the, um, uh, when the generator started on fire, well, actually, we're just smoking uh, in, in the lunch lady kitchen way back when, I remember uh, one of the ladies saying to me, what is, what, what is that smell in the kitchen? <laughs> mm, there is something, what is that smell? I, I, I didn't know, right? And I said, oh, look. And I went around the corner and I said, well, I know what it is now. I said, the generator. I think we've overheated it and it's now smoking. I don't think it will blow up, though. <laughs> Are we ready to go now? It's pretty much delivery time. We're all good. Can we just sort of, you know, I'll phone someone. Let's just get going. But the interesting thing is that what I do remember mostly when I look back on my time in the kitchen, and, and I haven't been in an actual kitchen since 2002, I remember 9-11, because we always had the radio on. Mm. I remember hearing about that plane hit, that, hit the World Trade Center. Now, mm. I remember that, and I remember us all being stunned, and I remember most of us crying. And it wasn't about us, because mm -hmm. really at that moment, what did us matter? Mm -hmm. I mean, that was such a... Mm -hmm. uh, a dramatic and 
uh, overwhelming experience for anyone to have. And, and, you know, I'm older than you. I remember when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Mm. So I, re I, I remember that really visceral reaction to those events much more than the minutia of what went something mm -hmm. in my business, to be honest. No, so that's, that's incredible. So would you say that how you survive or get through is <laughs> we realize that, that there are bigger problems than what we are going through? Is that what you would say? It, it's hard when you're in it, boy, it's hard to remember. It's just like, you know, a bad breakup with a boyfriend. You know, I'm sure you bore everyone to tears. You know, if you go over it and over it and over it. And it's not until you bore yourself that you move on from it. And I, I think, yeah, it's sort of similar to that, I think. It's just, but, um, you know, you have to obviously keep moving. Keep moving forward. You're either moving ahead in business, you're going, you're growing, or you're dying. There doesn't seem to be anything in the middle. So you either keep moving or you stop. Those seem to be your only choices. No, I love that. That's, that's so true. You either keep moving and growing, or you die. And and those are. Yeah, it doesn't seem fair, right? No, but mm -hmm. those, like that's exactly the choices. Like you can't make an in between choice when you're in business. No. True. So what would you say are the top three characteristics then that a person Okay. Well, number one, sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And you have to believe the world is not conspiring against you personally. <laughs> right? It's not personal. You know, if the We're shipment doesn't special. show up, it's, <laughs> no, it's not you. It's not you. You're not, you're not it. Not, right you, you just have okay it's not good but it's not you and then you have to be persistent and resilient and mm -hmm. I think persistence is what leads to resilience because as long as you've just decide you know basically all right this isn't good okay I'm over that move ahead move ahead one foot in front of the other each time you think oh well hey that wasn't so bad it's sort of like by the time the gas leak happened, I'd already been through a transformer fire. Oh, well, it's a gas leak. That's bad. We can deal with that. You know, because you, you just become more resilient. You expect, it's, it's your, I think it's how you look at the things that happen because anyone in business has staff. They're not all going to like you every day. It's, your heart is broken. The, the first day you realize that someone working for you thinks that, you're not nice or you're a bad person simply because you said, I need no. you to do something different or no. Mm -hmm. but, but that's the nature of the relationship, right? That is the, these are hard things. And so you just have to make a decision and move forward. My dad used to say, when I was 16, I thought I'd wake up and every boy would phone me, right? I'd wake up at 16 and I'd be a beauty and I'd be popular and they'd all phone and, and I woke up and I still had pimples and I was still overweight and I was still very bookish and nobody called. So I want my dad to go down to their house actually and beat them up and make them date me, right? <laughs> Shows you how you feel about things. My mother, my mother had died when I was 13. It was just my dad and me. Mm. And I, I, the boys at school used to phone girls on their birthdays. 
and they phoned me and played You're a Loser by the Beatles, right? Cruel, like really cruel. Like kids are cruel. That's just the way of it, isn't it? And um, so I want my dad to go and do something about it. Who's my dad? He's going to go fix it, right? <laughs> At least in my mind, that's what I thought. My dad looked up from his tea and he said, now, Ruth, he said, you have to appreciate that not everyone in the world will like you. When you get older, you'll realize that who you want for a friend is all that matters. Hmm. I remember thinking, what a horrible old man who wants <laughs> this guy for a father. <laughs> Dorming off stairs, right? Why did my mother die and leave me with you, right? But of course, he was absolutely correct, right? Hmm. And that is... That's a real important lesson to learn. Not everybody in the world's going to like you. You're not going to be popular every day. Life is not a popularity contest. Life is the only person you're ever really competing against is yourself and your own desire to make a difference, be a better person, to grow, uh, to, be a, uh, to be a kind person is not to be the person who doesn't say no, right? You just... You, you just want to be fair. I'd rather be respected. I'd rather be fair than liked, really. Because mm -hmm. I think being liked is kind of transient, right? Yes. Because it depends so much on our behavior, meeting someone else's expectations. And sometimes we can't even do it. Not even with our own kids. They don't have to like us all the time. I don't even like my kids all the time. <laughs> I love them all the time, but I don't always like them. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. Okay, the third thing. I've got one more. And that's you got to want to make a difference, right? Mm. You know what I mean? You have to have a why for everything you do. If you don't have a why, oh, you're going to get burnt out so fast because some days are just pretty painful. Mm. They make a good story several years later, right? Mm -hmm. You can remember what happened, I guess, right? And they make a really good story. But boy, at the time, boy, you know, if you don't have a why of why you're doing it, it may look pretty easy to go and work for someone else and let them make all the decisions because you quickly forget why you didn't like that in the first place, right? There's all a reason why we're where we are now, right? Because yeah. this was our best option for what we thought was our best option at the time. Mm -hmm. And it, it's easy to forget. Yeah. So I, I know I love those three that you say. And I have that sense of humor because it will be a journey. It will be a crazy ride. Being an entrepreneur and having that persistence and resilience is is th that ability to bounce right back every time someone shoves you because someone's closed the door and you fall back on your butt and and to be able to stand up again whether it's a gas leak or or your yeah. employees don't like you today you get back up dust off your shoulders and. And you know, pull up your big girl pants. <laughs> That's right, and move on, right? Yeah. So I love the that thing you is said. That, I love that you said that. You know, our our only competition is should be ourselves. Like, mm -hmm. can't be that that people pleaser because I I know that I am a people pleaser, and you can't do that in business or in life because it is draining, it mm -hmm. is exhausting. But mm -hmm. that's why I love your point number three, which is you have to have purpose. Mm -hmm. And things with intention and and fall back on that why. I love that, Ruthie. So true. Sorry, you were gonna say something. I was just gonna say that there's you know it it's all like by the time people see you or people hear you, you take you, right, Elaine. By the time people know who we are, it we 
we've just had the time to have more of an impact so that people find out about us because we do things. Look at you, you're on Dragon's Den, right? What, what an amazing opportunity. But again, with it brings all the challenges of growing, of, of fast growing a business, all that that brings, which is no picnic. So people think that success is always a pleasure, but success is as much of a challenge as, as not enough success. Too much, not enough. There's no, no necessary there's no right way to play it so you have to have all those i don't know those those skills or those mindsets to kind of help you keep it on perspective where you can easily feel i don't know and i know the expression swelled head is and it's not it's not that i'm like self-effacing or or i don't or i have a confidence issue or i don't think i'm i'm pretty good i think i'm pretty good in lots of ways but you really, you really just have to keep yourself in perspective because when, when I got an award, I remember the thing I remember about the award at the Bank of Montreal. Even though I'm embarrassed to say, good heavens, right? I can't remember what the thing was called, <laughs> but I remember saying, you know, really look at all of you. It was a room full of women entrepreneurs, and I'll bet you're all working hard just like me, right? And I'll bet you're all, most of you are going to do what I do when I go home tonight, the laundry, right? <laughs> because I still do the laundry. I'm going to be doing all that. I've just had the opportunity to be around long enough to build a team, to make some good picks, to grow a business. I, you know, I've got time on my side. But it's not that I'm, you know, any more so deserving necessarily of an award than, than any of you are. So sometimes, you know, it it isn't necessarily. Uh, I don't know. It just it just kind of the pick of the draw. You're the person that is is noticed for one reason or the other. And I realize it takes effort, and I understand that to get noticed. But it doesn't mean that that the person who's not noticed isn't making a, an equally valuable contribution, and that what they produce or what they do doesn't make somebody else's life better because of the business they've created, right? Mm -hmm. My dad, you know, my, I always come back to my dad because, you know, I hated him at the time, but he's like, he's like my hero now. <laughs> he's been gone 20 years, right? But I think of him every day. He also think, he said things like, you know, we're all pebbles in each other's ponds, right? Mm -hmm. And it's so true. So even in a small way, just smiling at somebody, just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, selling them the, that uh, lipstick that doesn't, come off when they're on their way to a job interview if they get the job just something like ridiculous like that not that the product's ridiculous but that one interaction between two people mm. can really impact somebody you know i mean absolutely they're all small things right but they they're all cumulative right oh they're all the same thing no i i i, I like that saying that we're all pebbles in other people's ponds absolutely we do we the world is small and we are all connected and mm -hmm. life is short to not mm. make a positive impact on other people if we can and and to to make that's why i think it's so important to be intentional and and to not not think bigger than ourselves because um, we all affect each other absolutely i, I want to switch gears for a moment now being about great habits, being the easy daisy lady, and um, I'm just, I, I'm seeing, I'm just watching the time because I'm respecting your time. 
I, I would love to know if you have just even one habit that you do a day that helps you to be successful <laughs> in your in your business life. Is there one habit? Okay. I can ask well, well, I have I the habit the time, and I, I would love one great your favorite habit, Ruthie. Okay, it, it's it's three things: make a list, make sure you read the list, and do something on the list. That's my one habit. And if I don't do all three, I don't feel I've, I've accomplished anything. So it's important to make yourself feel like you accomplished something in the day. Love it. It's my one habit. Nothing better than seeing it visually on that list. Love it. Love your point. Okay, here's my, I'm going to see if I can squeeze in two more questions because I am respecting your time here. Franchising. You're the queen of franchising in my eyes and in this. <laughs> amazing country we live in. When would you say is the right time to start franchising? We're all faced with a, a, a time, especially if we're offering a good or service, right? A good or, or service that could be um, offered through other people if they knew how to do it, right? If they, they know how to have that skill. When you are at a point where you do not want to get bigger, for a number of reasons, you don't want to be, you don't want more and more and more and more responsibility or the same kind of responsibility of, of what you have now. And you're to the point where you think, you know, if this doesn't change, it's not working for me the way it is right now, maybe, um, I'm going to stop or change how I do it. It's the same kind of growing, dying kind of thing. That is the point that you start uh, franchising because here's the thing about franchising. I had a business, my, it was my baby, the lunch lady, probably the very first lunch service of its time type in Canada. Uh, and I decided I was going to share that with other people at one point, right? Because I like that idea, right? I, I just like the idea. When you go from being the owner of a concept to being a franchisor, all of a sudden you have no money, right? Because you, you need royalties. You have no franchisees. You're putting all your energy into growing a brand. And now you have to be willing to start again in a totally different kind of business. Being a franchisor is not about making school lunches. It could be any particular thing. It's about managing the success of other people. And it's about helping other people become viable, build successful businesses, and and being strong enough to be a leader so that they will take advice even if it makes them uncomfortable because your number one con concern has to be to create successful businesses because your whole brand depends on your model being successful and your whole service depends on your partners or your uh, providers that work together with you, your team of franchisees being able to deliver the same consistent product everywhere. So that takes really strong leadership and that doesn't make us all friends all the time. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it takes a whole different kind of personality. So some people may be really good. There's, there's, there's the three ways of looking at it. Someone may be good at cutting hair, but they may not be good at running the salon and having to deal with employees. Absolutely. Right? Yep. The same person may be good at cutting hair, 
or they may not be that good at cutting hair. Let's say they're not that good at cutting hair, but they're a really good people person, and they hire people that are fabulous at cutting hair. So that person also may possibly become a really good franchisee opening a group of salons because they're good at managing people. Yeah. But it's a different kind of management because you have to manage people to become successful in their own right while following a system. Yes. So some people may, it may be the right time to franchise your, your system, but you may not be the right time person to franchise it. So it may be time to go out and look for a partner. That's what I did. I had no clue about franchising. I went and looked for help. So um, yeah. I like that collaboration partnership idea. It, I, I think you, you want someone who can do those tasks. It's important. It's, it, Absolutely. You want, yeah. You need, I may still be the face of the business. It's true. Mm -hmm. But I have a lot of help. I have a lot of people that make me look good. But I look good because of them, right? Yeah, so those are great points like this looking for help and I love that you said that franchising is about creating successful businesses and mm -hmm. having those that success for other people and that is so true it isn't about making lunches and sandwiches anymore and no. when you were talking you reminded me of a book the e-myth and I, I don't know if that's a book you read but it was totally making me think of that that you know the person who starts the business is often mm -hmm. someone who is great at making bread and people are like, Oh, you should sell your bread. But that person is really good at making bread, not at business mm -hmm. and so there's different levels of that. And I know that our time is running out Ruthie, and I want to ask you one last question. Okay. I hate to end this. Is there a resource or a book or something that you love and that you would recommend to our listeners right now? Oh goodness, that is tough because I don't read that. I, don't, I, I read fiction, but what I read as a de-stressor, I ask questions. Your best resource is all the people around you. I just ask them what they do, what makes them tick, what they like, what's challenging, what would they do if they were me. I, sometimes the best resource is down the block from you. Right. I, um, uh, I, I, I think the e-myth is a, I haven't read it, but I think I've heard about it. And I know my, my partner, one of my partners, Steve, he reads and listens to all sorts of, of uh, e-books and books. And so he mentions titles to me and even gives me books. So I know he reads them, so I ask him, and he tells me what's in No, I, I fully understand. Do you see, you see the shelves behind me? These are all books other people have given to me that I have to read. And uh, I, I will. It's, it's a plan. And there you go. Yes. No, but I love your advice. And if, if I could go back, that's one thing I, I wish I could have done differently is ask for more help. Ask more questions in the beginning instead of thinking, oh, I'm going to bother people. Mm -hmm. I would ask because what's the worst they would say is no. I'm sorry, I can't help that's you. That's right. Right? And, I, and it doesn't put me back. It just, I'm still at the same place I started. And those times when people will say yes, that's awesome. And that's one thing I wish I had done more of. So thank mm -hmm. you for that fabulous reminder. Ruthie? Ruthie Bird, thank you so much for your time today. I'm just always, I love speaking <laughs> with you and spending time with you. And so thank you for being part of Elaine's Kitchen Table today. I will have um, your website and where to find you in the show notes. But if you want to tell 
our audience right now where they could find you if they wanted to contact you? Where would they go? Well, they can go to our website um, at uh, thelunchlady.ca. They can find us on Facebook at Lunch Lady Group. And my email is, I'm pretty accessible, is ruthie.bird, spelled with a U, not an I, at thelunchlady.ca. Awesome. And again, I'll have that all in the show notes as well. So okay. Ruthie, thank you. And audience, thank you so much for tuning in. And I love hearing from you. So please do find me on Twitter at Chat with Elaine or on Facebook at Elaine's Kitchen Table. And Ruthie, thank you again for just sharing your wisdom with us. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for just chatting. It was wonderful. Always great to talk to you. I look forward to seeing you in person soon. Yes, me too. Okay. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye.